0: Welcome to Speak and Destroy, episode 43. Speak and Destroy is a podcast about all things Metallica, and I am your host, Ryan J. Downey. My guest this episode is Trey Pemberton, guitarist for the Texas metal band Creeping Death. Now naturally, when I found out there's a band called Creeping Death, the first thing I thought was, I should get one of them on the podcast. The next thing I thought was, you know what, I should probably listen to them first to make sure that it's, you know worthy of such a momentous name and i'm happy to report that creeping death the band is pretty awesome but don't take my word for it they'll be going on tour later this year with high on fire power trip and devil master a tour that actually begins on my birthday november 7th and wraps up on december 7th in los angeles california at the regent Creeping Death is old-school death metal with old-school thrash and maybe just a tiny, tiny bit of hardcore, but I wouldn't call it metalcore. They've got a demo, they've got EPs, and their debut full-length Wretched Illusions will be out in the fall on E1. Stick around after the conversation with Trey for a listen to a brand new track from that album called Bloodlust Contamination. Be sure to turn your stereo down just a little bit because I have a feeling it's going to be a lot louder than the rest of the podcast. I'll also include a link to the music video for Bloodlust Contamination in the episode's show notes. So here it is my conversation with Trey Pemberton of Creeping Death. This is Speak and Destroy. I figured, based on the fact that you have my favorite band name that I've heard in the last couple of years, <laughs> <Hell> that <yeah. laughs> that you that you or someone in your band must be a fan.
2: Oh yeah, we're I would say we're all Metallica fans. I would I think I'm probably the biggest Metallica fan. It's nice. one of the first uh, like metal bands I guess I was into. Yeah, um, I really didn't listen to a lot of guitar music as a kid until I was about twelve, and my mom, who was into metal and stuff. Um, she showed me Rush and then she showed me Metallica and I was like hooked. Rush got me to b- want to play drums, which is my first instrument.
1: Mm-hmm. And then
2: Metallica really got me into metal and stuff and she showed me some other stuff. But, uh, Metallica and Pantera was always my, my really, my first favorite like metal bands.
0: First of all, super cool mom. Uh, secondly, yeah, she do you remember what record or what song she showed you first?
2: Oh, it was Ride the Lightning. I'm pretty sure she nice. showed me um, – uh, let me think. I can't remember the song. I just remember specifically the album cover really catching my eye, you know, the lightning and all that stuff.
1: Yeah. And then,
2: uh, yeah, she just played that, and I was just like, yeah. She she actually gave me the CD and uh, the Rush CD, too. And uh, I used to play it, walk, like going to school, listening to it, and I'm the CD player. It's kind of funny.
0: So when you started playing guitar, do you remember what some of the first Metallica riffs you learned were?
2: Oh, ooh, actually, that's a funny story because I really didn't start playing guitar until I was almost twenty.
0: Mm. So,
2: I, I by the time I was playing guitar, I, my tastes and influences like were a lot like different. So when I start, I taught myself how to play guitar and I used like Ultimate Guitar and mm-hmm. I was learning like really shitty like metalcore songs like back then like <laughs> yeah you know, like the like the attack attack and like bringing the horizon and all friends Red and stuff like that. Like, you know, I'm not hating on it. Like it is what it is, but that's, I mean, that's kind of how I really learned uh, how to play guitar. It wasn't really until later, like more very recently where I was like, Oh, well, people are like actually like listening to this band now. Maybe I should, you know, pay attention to actual how to play guitar. So <laughs> just like you know, playing and like replaying and drop tuning. Cause I didn't really know, understand how to, The guitar worked pretty much Uh so i was just like okay instead of being like you know open like third fret fourth fret i'm like i'm gonna actually have to learn how like this you know stick works (laughs) pretty much (laughs) so um i I, i've more recently got into um really listening like paying attention to actual guitar players um definitely uh, inspired a lot by James Hetfield's right hand. I yes, where well, the the, uh, the, I, the right I, hand I think, of Hetfield yeah, comes I,
0: up I, on the podcast a lot. <laughs> that, yeah, uh, dude, specifically, it's
2: it's, it's, a, it's a thing. It, I, I definitely like notice and take. Like I down pick pretty much everything, and I can pick pretty pretty well. I feel like so. Uh, that's a big one. As far as like other guitar players, um, I know personally, um, like Max Cavalera, like Sepultura, yes. real big inspiration for me um max. Goldner,
0: not, right not to uh not to be that's a name nice. dropper but uh max is a buddy of mine oh that's sick
2: That that's so sick
0: and igor actually uh has been on the metallica podcast as well
2: oh that's so that's so cool they, yeah they're, they're a big the big influence of mine too so
0: and yeah and you mentioned uh chuck from death you know rest in peace yeah just yeah. another person who really changed things i mean yeah and i think the way yeah that down picking and that style of palm muting you know the whole thing that kirk hammett and gary holt were doing in the bay area and hetfield and Mustaine were doing in la and the anthrax guys were doing in new york and it was like all that stuff sort of coalesced and emerged as this entirely new way of approaching guitar that now we just think of as you know kind of just like with eddie van halen and like finger tapping like those are those are all things we think about as just things guitar players do but there was a, a period where no one did that stuff and now yeah, everyone does do it, that. you know.
2: Yeah, it's it's really. I, I know Van Halen's another band I really really like. So like, yeah, that's another band my mom my mom showed me. She she was also into like eighties metal and hair metal and stuff like that. So nice. Van Halen was also in the rotation too.
0: My f- uh, first time seeing Metallica uh, was when uh, they were on tour with Van Halen, the Sammy Hagar version of Van Halen. What are your uh, favorite Metallica records?
2: Um, okay, this is my personal ranking. Mm-hmm. I go number one is Ride the Lightning. Number one A slash two would be and <laughs> uh, um, Justice for All. Um, then Master of Puppets. Uh, then I would put Kill 'Em All, Black Album. Uh, then I would probably go Reload, and then low. Actually, no, I would go um, Death Magnetic after that. And mm-hmm. I would do the newest album, then Reload, and then. Load and then Saint Anchor last. People, people hate on the on the on the rock and roll albums. You know they're just rock and roll albums. I don't mm-hmm. think they're. I personally like Reload a little bit better. But I I you know for if you take it for what it's worth, I just I you know I'm not I'm not hating. Uh,
0: uh, well, this comes up on the podcast a lot too. I am right there with you. I'm a big I'm a big fan of Load and Reload. Um, you know not everything on both records, but taken as a whole as a double album as it was originally uh, almost you know came out as yeah i preferred load actually a little bit because the outlaw torn and bleeding me are mm-hmm. two like top no, 10 top that. 15 songs yeah like for me yeah, those um, are, those are definitely track. I feel that. and uh yeah your ranking is uh surprisingly very similar to mine i also have ride the lightning in the top spot i think i would have injustice for all a little bit lower than you and i would have hardwired a little bit higher than you but otherwise um, ah. pretty similar hardwired was a was a grower for me it's got you know i love that it has that intensity of death magnetic but the production Mm -hmm. and the mix is a bit warmer um it's not so you know brick walled um and most importantly i think the thing i enjoy about it is that uh it has a return to the vocal harmonies and stuff that Heffield was doing in the black album days and the load days like kind of combining all of that
2: Yeah, that's what that's what I definitely I think liked about it. It kind of took me back a little bit more to like that direction, and it still kind of had those riffs of like more like Death Magnetic style too. So it was like, oh, like it was cool. Like I I really I I dig like that one a lot.
0: Yeah, I loved Death Magnetic when it came out, and I still do. And uh, you know, All Nightmare Long and some other songs in there definitely jump immediately to mind cyanide. cyanide yeah i remember when that came out as a one of the first songs before the record was out uh but with that being said i've listened to hardwired uh, uh, infinitely more um and I, and I find myself going back to it more now that it's been out for a while then uh, than i used than i would go back yeah. to death magnetic so
2: I, I haven't listened to death magnetic in a long time personally either i think that one is big because i was in uh that was really around the time um, when the album came out, I mm-hmm. had been listening to like more heavier music for like I had gotten into it enough where it was like oh sick like this band I really like already is releasing really, this music or but you know after so on uh, how many years it had it been or whatever so it was like I was kind of stoked on that probably it might it might be personally like a like a time thing i yeah I dude, I, it with.
0: <laughs> it's so funny how how perfect you actually are for the speaking of story podcast because it's another thing that comes up a lot which is what i call time place and circumstance you know and it's like the yeah. different and i liked even how you prefaced your ranking with my personal ranking because you know i think there's a difference between best and favorites you know sometimes right. yeah you can acknowledge like well this I, I is could... the best but this one's my favorite you know
2: exactly like that's exactly how i feel about injustice for all like i would say probably you could you know master of puppets is probably a better album but i just love injustice for all like it's got some like the craziest riffs like some of my favorite metallic riffs are on that album but the production is a little wonky and yeah. there's a, there's some weird stuff going on so i could totally i i totally get how like you know most people would probably rank rank that a little bit lower so
0: i do uh, man "Dyers eve is just unstoppable and uh and yeah and even that weird cold metallic no pun intended production sound and justice for all it is definitely strange and you know didn't happen before or since in their catalog but with that being said it does have a certain vibe that adds an air of you know this unique specificity to that record you know what i mean mm-hmm. it's kind of for part sure. it's kind of part of the whole thing
2: some of the riffs like it, it was like the trend. You can tell that like it was still very, very much thrash, but they had some riffs that you could tell were leading more towards like black album too. But it was yeah. still super thrashy and super heavy. So I think that was sick. And also, people want to hate on Lars' drumming, but I think personally the drumming on that album is probably like some of the best he he had done in the whole catalog. It's incredible. Uh, I think the drums on that album are like he shreds. In my opinion, I think he shreds on that album. So I think that's that's another big reason why I really think that's up there for me
0: yeah and then his drumming on the black album uh you know i was just talking about this with somebody else the other day you know there are a few uh, metal bands you know rock bands but especially metal bands where you know if you're covering a band's song uh the riff has to be right the solo has to be at least mostly right the lyrics have to be right but oftentimes the drums as long as it's the right tempo the drummer is kind of free to do whatever and with uh, Metallica, yeah. specifically the Black Album stuff, you can't cover Sad But True and do different fills. <laughs> like, no, you, you know? You
2: I, and I actually, fun fact, I actually know that because I was actually playing drums in a hardcore band before I started playing guitar in this band. Uh-huh. And we used to cover Sad But True. Oh, wow. So I, I, would, I remember having to learn exactly how to do it. And I mean, I've been listening to the album for years. I had already known. We would cover Metallica songs in practice, like, for fun. So we were just like, yeah let's just do it so we we used to we used to cover it like a lot people would ask for it back in the day
0: <laughs> that's awesome i mean it's a it, it is a genuine crowd pleaser that's built for arenas so it's hard to go wrong yeah uh and that's the other thing too when the black album came out uh and some fans were complaining that it was uh watered down or it was too commercial and i remember seeing an interview with kirk hammett around that time where he was like yeah, anyone who says that this record's not heavy, like have you heard Sad But True? It's like, it's like the heaviest it's song they heavy ever heavy wrote. Yeah.
2: A Wolf and Band is hard as hell too. Yeah. That there's this and it's it's a heavy album. Through the never yeah, expected a thrash album again, and it's not exactly what they got, you know?
0: Yeah, and it became the biggest selling album of the SoundScan era and still still sells yeah. three or four thousand copies a week at a time when no one sells records. Which is just yeah, straight up. wild. So Creeping Death, the band. Yes, sir. Tell me uh, that origin story and how, uh, you know, you mentioned playing in hardcore bands before and, uh, you know, your mom turning you onto metal and progressive stuff like Rush and some hair metal. And then you found like the scene type bands and how did all of that come together and inform, you know, what you, what you knew you wanted to do with Creeping Death and what you don't want to do and all that sort of thing.
2: Well, I guess, um, yeah, I'll start with like my where my guess my taste came from, like I told you, definitely early. Like she showed me like Metallica, Rush, stuff like that. Um, uh, I'm also like really into R&B and hip hop and a lot of 80s music, and I, I basically have a really diverse like taste range, I guess. And mm-hmm. that kind of comes to play in, in Creeping Death because I don't necessarily. Try to write riffs because I'm like, okay, I need this type of death metal part like here. I'm usually like writing more for like, okay, this is in my head since I'm a drummer. I'm like, okay, this is the drum part I want, and this is the kind of feeling I want to elicit when people listen to it. Like, you know, when you're listening to a song, you're in the car, and you're just bobbing back and forth, you know? Like, sometimes I want like a groove vibe where you, you know, chill, and sometimes I want like a, a harder vibe. And it's not really like about the riff per se. It's, like I said, more about the feeling I guess. So I know a lot of different like music genres make me feel a different way. So I'm not necessarily inspired by the way the song sounds, but maybe how I feel when I'm like bopping around to it. Does that make sense?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So,
2: so like that's where a lot of like my hip hop and R and B and like gospel stuff comes in where it's just like, you know, I was, I like a lot of very, um, um, Syncopated music in general, so mm-hmm. I, I just try to put that in with my riff. Like I basically, all my friends joke is that I play guitar like it's like I'm playing drums. You know, like it's very percussive. It's very the rhythms are very you know it fits it matches with the drums, and I do that on purpose because I I, I think rhythm, regardless of whether you not whether you not like you the uh, excuse me whether or not you like the vocals and the screaming and all that. I think most people and most humans, at the very, very least, will can get a feeling and a, like, kind of, you know, you get that head bob vibe, just the way the music is set up, you know? And that's, like, that's kind of the vibe I try to go for. It's like, yeah, it's definitely a very, very death metal band, but I'm not necessarily, like, thinking in the realms of, like, oh, this has to be, like, super metal. It's just, like, I really just want people to bounce and people to groove, stuff like that um but yeah i guess i'll quit rambling about that but no it's a good it, it's a good ramble well
0: uh, and to your point about um r&b and and you know more soulful type stuff you know uh greg the singer for dillinger escape plan arguably one of the most extreme metal bands ever that stuff's a huge influence on him like he loves jodeci you know and and when you hear some of oh, the quote-unquote clean vocals and and dillinger uh, if you were aware that that's in there, you can kind of pick it out. And then, you know, he does a band called the black queen, which really indulges that it's like eighties dark new wave with almost, yeah. R and B type, um, you know, that kind of higher falsetto and, and sort of thing. So, yeah, I think, uh, taking that, those ideas and applying them, like you said, when it comes to the, the rhythmic bounce and, um, and yeah, and I also, uh, appreciate that approach, that some guitar players have where, yeah, the the riffs are almost more uh, rhythmic, like, like percussive. Like yeah. it's part of the, uh, yeah. The, that's
2: exactly yeah. what I'm going for. Like I did percussion when I was a kid. My mom, she, she's the one who actually taught me how to play drums. So like, I, I've been always been a drummer percussion first. I did drum line for a year in high school. So it's like, I've always been very like percussion oriented. And then when I picked up the guitar, I just kind of kept that going at least
0: try to Now when I look at the artwork for uh, the demo that you guys did in 2015 and for Spectre of War both of those, you know, for me as somebody who grew up on late 80s uh, mid to late 80s thrash metal um, I love that Mm -hmm. kind. I don't want to say throwback vibe because Spectre of War also even has like a death metal vibe but just sort of that um, Mm -hmm. kind of traditional underground metal feel, I mean that demo cover could be a demo cover from exodus or overkill or tell me a little yeah. bit about that side of it the imagery and, and kind of the the presentation and, and the vibe that you want to project with creeping death
2: um it like basically like uh, a lot honestly <laughs> it's funny you know we always kind of been uh, even though we've had a bunch of different members we've always kind of been a team effort um mm-hmm. so like the art side has really never been my uh forte i've been always been kind of the one to be like yeah if you guys like it uh let's do it um but as far as like the demo goes i know um, we just wanted something uh, like simple like we didn't we were i remember specifically we were trying to like oh what should we do like blah 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 and i was like dude like let's just put this demo out. Like it's a demo. We don't need to name it. Cause we were struggling with names and art and who was going to do it. And I was like, I just want these songs out like period point blank. I would just rather have them out. People can listen to it and then we can go on forward and, uh, people can hit us up or we can hit up other people for other ideas. But for now we need to concentrate on just getting the music out. So that's kind of what we did. We just got, uh, someone, I think his name is Tom, uh, Travisio from San Antonio, he drew up, um, the demo art, um, and that we used that as our first logo for a while until the, um, until, um, what is that called? Sacrament of death. Um, then we changed the logo to the logo on that one, uh, for a while. So basically the first one initially was more out of necessity of just like getting it out. We wanted something like metal kind of to get it out. Um, Definitely convey that we like we're a metal band because right, we're all based, we're all hardcore kids, like we all grew up going to hardcore shows, yeah. And there's and always that
0: stigma where somebody sees you or they know you and they're like, Oh, that's a hardcore band or that's metalcore or that's deathcore exactly. And yeah, to me, exactly. cre- creeping death from what I've heard so far is just a metal band, <laughs> it's not there's, yeah. we, you and know, I would, yeah,
2: I would say so too, I would say so too, and. It's still to this day, a lot of people call us a hardcore band, which I don't really bother. It doesn't bother me at all. I still love playing hardcore shows and I would still tell people I'm a hardcore kid and definitely we have our roots in the hardcore scene. Uh, But I know I just wanted to make the distinction, like this is like metal, like this is going to be super metal when you listen to it. And I think that's kind of where we kind of want to always go with our stuff. It's like, we want to make the very clear distinction that, kids and all but like this is like a metal music sonically and yeah you know i just want to make that impression when you first listen to it because most of our fans most of the people who listen to it are probably hardcore kids or hardcore jason and all that and you can there's a lot of stuff where you can they have imagery that's pretty metal and all that but they're not they don't really sound like that or vice versa like Mm -hmm. you know there's the imagery is not really that metal but they're super metal and I just wanted to like clear. It's the same thing how we have Texas death metal on our hoodies and hats and stuff. Yeah. It's like if you label it, people people will get the hint. If you just keep labeling <laughs> yourself that. Yeah. So so it's, that's that's kind of what we're that kind of where we're thinking with the artwork and stuff like that. And also we just kind of wanted to go basically better and better every time. Um, we never really and this is for anything we do as a band. We don't want to regress in any shape or form. Like every recording we've ever done the quality gets better the art gets better our guitar our skills get better with every everyone um reese's vocals it's insane to see how far they've come like doing that just everyone's just getting better and that's kind of the the really the main thing it's like all right the next thing has to be better than the last thing and that's another big part of it too
0: you mentioned the Texas death metal thing, you know, Texas as a region, as a state has, you know, a, a great tradition of metal. Obviously, Pantera is the first thing that comes to mind. But where do you think Creeping Death fits in sort of to that that lineage, that legacy, kind of carrying that torch for, uh, and specifically Dallas even, you know, Dallas even has a, yeah. an, an identity unto itself, even apart from other parts of Texas.
1: Yeah,
2: it's uh you know I just kind of it's funny because I'm actually not even from Texas. I I moved to Texas when I was like about the start about the time I started listening to metal actually, like maybe 12 or 13.
0: Hey, um, uh and, Tupac wasn't from California, but you know, West Side, West Coast yeah, all the way. Yeah, so. exactly, exactly, <laughs>
2: exactly. So so like um I I basically just want to kind of, you know, do do right by everyone. I'm like I've I've had a lot of help and stuff from friends and Everyone just kind of being there and being supportive. I, everyone, especially in Texas and the hardcore scene, is like we all – it's just like it pretty much. It's 12 hours to any bigger market either direction. So you kind of have to, like, be self-sufficient and do it like that. So I just want to rep the hometown, rep the home state, uh, basically make everyone proud. Because, you know, you're right. Texas does have a thing, and it, it's its own thing, and it's, you know – very metal, metal influence. Even the hardcore here is, like, very metal influence. Like, you know, bands like Power Trip and Nams Grinder and Iron Age. And mm-hmm. and all those bands, you know, look key definitely, in, you know, inspired and helped out and stuff. Um, Power Trip dudes are the homies. Uh, I'm in a fantasy football league with a couple of them. and uh, <laughs> awesome. they They lived in the town. Yeah, most of them lived in the, the town I went to college in. So we always used to hang out all the time. Uh, me and the other guitar player, Blake, would, um, we had classes together at UNT, too. So uh, I've known them for a minute, too. So uh, they, I could, kind of seeing them come up and, like, at the same time is, like, not just at the same time, but, like, they co- came up and it kind of showed, like, yo, like, a band from our scene in our area can, like, actually, like, do this shit. So when it started yeah. to, like, sort of, roll downhill and i was like you know we could actually like do some cool stuff like i was um i was still in college and i was like yeah i'm still gonna do school but um i still want to concentrate on this band and luckily my mom uh she's obviously a musician she she toured when she was younger too she was like yeah keep make sure you keep going to school but don't ever stop playing this
0: like wow. you can do a lot
2: with it so i was like yeah i'll, I'll keep doing that so well, and especially of- since i knew Oh, go ahead.
0: I was just going to ask, what kind of band uh, did she tour in?
2: Uh, She was in a more, like, uh, it was an all-girls, like, sort of hair metal band, but uh, it was more, like, heavy metal, Uh, kind of. She was in, it was called ERA, uh, Equal Rights. um, uh, I mean, it stands for Equal Rights Amendment, but they just went by ERA. Yeah. And uh, it was basically, they only went around the Midwest. They weren't, like, big or anything. Um, Oh, yeah. But, yeah, she she basically... uh, she went to college and then all this, you know stuff happened. She ended up having to join the air force, so she never really got to live out her thing. So that was a big thing for me. Is like, hey, like, make sure you still do this thing, cause my my uh, not that my dad doesn't support me, but he's meant more like a good dad should. Like, hey, school, like, make sure yeah. you're focused on this. You know, sh- you know, quit paying attention to doing tour in the summer and like you know stuff like that, but. Not that easy, but like I don't want to sound like I'm hating on my dad or anything. No, I, awful, I get it. Very, very.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I'm, well, and that, that's yeah. a, that's also kind of the counterbalance, the complementary differences that you need. <laughs> you know, one who's yeah, kind of you know exactly. a yin yang there of, the, of yeah. in the parenting department.
2: Yeah, and 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 the the thing I was like, yo, like look at this band. This is these are literally my friends. Like I know them. They're from the same area. We're in school. They can do this, and they're playing this. it's like I should be able to play and do stuff around town but you know that i yeah. wanted to
0: this record that you have coming out on e1 uh you know there was the demo and then the two eps and then this is the first proper full length yeah yeah so what was the mindset going into that and, and, and by the way i love and appreciate that the band did it the traditional way of a demo and then a couple EPs and then an album. Yeah. Uh, and I, I wish, I wish yeah. more bands would still operate that way in the heavy music space, because I think it makes for better records, you know, going out and, and so. playing your songs and, and I don't know. And demos are just cool. Um, <laughs> So yeah. How do you, how do you uh, think all that experience helped inform and shape your record? and And what do you feel like are, some of the signature elements of creeping death now that are on this debut album. And what are some things that are uh, newly introduced?
2: Well, the first thing um, I think that was big is that we all were in the same room when we wrote pretty much every song, like Uh we would bring songs with us to practice and we'd have voice memos and stuff like that. But we put the songs together together, like bass, drums, guitar, all, all at once. So, that was another big thing and like instead of just me having a riff and be like all right we're gonna play it like this or if it it was just usually just me and the drummer like our old drummer we would jam because he lived down the street from me from the uh, with the old records um, and stuff like that but this one we had our own practice space finally um, and we basically I you know brought the wrists but I had input for every single person in the room it like it wouldn't have been the same at all without Eric or Lincoln um, so I think that's a really really big thing is that like we all are very diverse people with very diverse tastes and skills um so they bring a lot to the table that I wouldn't necessarily uh think about or think to do and that that helps a lot um I know for the first things, a lot of it we would just write uh like we would just be like, oh let's jam like just, it was fun. like oh in between class like Hanging out. It's like, okay, cool. Um, so a lot of it was a little bit improvised. Uh, I mean, I still do that sometimes. Like, we need a spot like, okay, we want this type of riff, like kind of just jam it out and practice. Um, but this time I feel like, um, we got a lot of inspiration like outside and then we brought it together inside, like when we practiced, which was really cool. Um, I will say it's really cool when we, when we started this thing, um, uh, basically it started as like a side project from that hardcore band i was talking about uh mm-hmm. we actually <laughs> it's a dumb name we called it six mile bottom and it was just like i recorded through like garage band and my friend just made fake drums and i was just basically like oh yeah i could do a, do a shitty cheap demo and see if anyone wants to play but a bunch of my friends had liked metal and stuff and they were like they heard it for the first time they're like yo like this is let's let's do it and it basically never came to fruition we kind of gave up on it until about 2015 i kind of got the right people at the time i thought um to kind of pick it up and keep it going and we did um but it's funny because i still have riffs from that original 2013-2014 garage band thing that ended up going on the record oh that's awesome well you know
0: uh the, the the megadeth record rust in peace has some stuff that's their fourth album that has some stuff that you can hear in the old ron mcgovney jam room metallica rehearsals that were like pre cliff Burton. yeah (laughs) Yeah, so so yeah so that you know if if it's good hang on to it you know file it away
2: yeah exactly you know keep them keep them in the bank but the difference now is that back then i had been playing guitar for maybe a year or two and now i've been playing for like six years so i've just had more experience been able to rewrite and Like all the and like my bandmates too, like their input definitely changes things and helps out a lot. Um, Another big thing about the record, I just wanted, like I said earlier, I wanted every record to be like, you know, that you could tell the skill jump from each record. And that's kind of like what I wanted to continue. And I think that's a really big thing. I think you'll listen to it and you'll be like, wow, this is like, you know, a lot like Spectre, but this is definitely way more not technical it's not like tech death or anything like that but you can tell the riffs are, there's more to them and uh there's some of them are a little harder to play The new. are some of our new songs are really hard to play not really hard but they're tougher to play but they're challenging that's a good way for it they're challenging they're much yeah. more challenging um are they're, they're some of them are faster it's just a lot more involved now um so i i think that's that's a lot big thing I, I, that's that's really the main thing I wanted to show with this record when we all wrote because it was funny we got we got signed and uh they were like, oh yeah, we want a record in x amount of time, and we literally hadn't written, we hadn't begun. we had just put out sector and we expected to like maybe you know do whatever we could on it for like a year or so, and then uh that kind of happened, and we were like oh, uh, well, I guess we got to write a bunch of new music. So we got back from uh, this tour we did, and we just went to jamming. It's like, all right, well, here goes nothing. So that's kind of uh, how. Uh, and like I said, like, being in the same room as everyone, I know there's a lot of bands where it's like, oh, one dude records and does everything. Like, that's yeah. really impressive. But at the same time, I like, I could probably have done something like that, but. There's no way it will come out as good as it came out like, with my. Yeah, and bass, and it's bass, too bass. easy
0: now with the tools of, uh, you know, for people to go. Oh, I just, you know, I wrote a song. It's in the Dropbox. You know, go ahead, go write some vocals. Yeah, this
2: is how yeah. you play it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I didn't want to do that. Like, I, I'm very much like, I, I want everyone to be like involved. I, I don't want to be one of those bands where it's just like, oh yeah, the fucking bass player just does this and then he shows up and. They tell him what to do and all that. No, like yeah. Eric has a lot of responsibility and he has a lot of influence on the rest in the band too. Like everyone, everyone does. I think I think diversity really, really uh, helps just music. And I know for some people that might take longer. I, I know that's a big problem. Um, some people are like, yeah, like more people, more input. It just takes longer to get stuff done. But luckily, I guess maybe I'm lucky, but Eric and um, Eric and Lincoln. Like they're just so easy to work with and easy to write with that it, it just came it basically came naturally we would write a song and basically two practices and then we'd move on and then we would just kind of go back every now and then and tweak the other, the ones we had finished while simultaneously like writing the rest of them and mm-hmm. we, I feel like we knocked it out pretty quick all things considered you know work and other tours and whatnot going on so you know I, I think it's gonna come out really good
0: and who uh recorded and mixed the record
2: um so uh, our friend daniel schmuck i'm actually in two bands uh, i play bass in another band that's like local back home
1: uh-huh. um
2: the guitar player in that band he uh records a lot of stuff he's recorded uh some stuff for power trip um on nightmare logic i want to say he did the vocals and some of the solos he recorded um and uh so he recorded our whole our whole record um arthur arthur Rizik, Who's mixed and mastered a million stuff for a million different bands, as you probably know. Mm-hmm. He he mixed and mastered it, and he killed it. Honestly, they both killed it. It sounds massive. It's it's really good. Every every layer of it sounds really good, and that's another thing that Eric really comes in handy with is that he's really knowledgeable about just tone and just dialing things in. Because, like I said, I'm a, I'm a drummer. <laughs> like I don't really know <laughs> yeah. a whole lot about about all of that, so we got some cool stuff going Eric Eric and Daniel really really killed it with all that so sick. You know, shout out to him he yeah he really does really uh, really
1: good work
0: you know in terms of branding and imaging and uh, you know making very conscious decisions early on which I think is smart to you know put Texas death metal on your hoodies to have a certain type of logo to have certain types of record covers with that in mind what are some good reference points for you? band-wise you know i always tell bands if you you know everyone likes to say we don't really sound like anybody else or, you know but <laughs> uh it, you know oh, i can tell i can sit here and tell you like exactly
2: the bands that like inspired the riff, you know, and, 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 like, if, like, and if you don't if
0: you don't choose you know if you don't tell that story yourself someone's going to tell it for you and it's usually wrong
2: exactly yeah this is exactly the bands that inspired like this band pretty much so like there's this band called blood red throne from norway and they are insane and i love them so much They're my favorite contemporary death metal band like period and i liked it so much they were the ones who i was like yo i want to start up a death metal band again because before i wanted to do like the six mile bottom and stuff i was using riffs for uh that was more still going to be more on the hardcore side but this band the Blood blood red throne was like made me want to like yo i want a like death metal death metal band and my skills at the time weren't really good enough to match it quite yet but i kind of did the best i can with the demo you know stuff like that but as far as other bands um definitely blood red throne like i said grave grave is a huge one that's one of my favorite mm-hmm. death metal bands of all time yeah um, you'll never see you'll never see eric grave uh, especially a huge influence um i would say also gore guts considered dead another one of my favorite um, death metal albums of all time that's a big big one for me um let's see what else suffocation definitely suffocation oh yeah another one um well Sepultura. a lot of the guitar leads and stuff like that very Sepultura. and a lot of people actually say like that's another thing uh, people call us a thrash band too i don't i i don't know where they get it from because maybe we just play really fast but you know, we get that, too. But I guess that's really where a little bit of that influence comes. Like, um, Sepultura, definitely. Yeah. Um, as far as other stuff...
0: Andreas Kisser has also been a guest on Speak and Destroy. Oh, that's so sick. Great, dude. Um, let's see, what else?
2: I would say... I think those are probably, like, the really main ones. I'm probably, like... Oh, uh, oh, bolt thrower. That's another big one. Ooh, bolt thrower. yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's we like very. I, I like the very big, like epic moments of bolt thrower. There's definitely some bolt thrower esque leads on this new album. So bolt thrower is a a big, huge one. So I would guess, um, I guess I would say the main ones I would mention are Blood Red Throne, um, Bolt Thrower, Suffocation, Grave, and uh, Sepultura and Gorguts. Kind of like a mix of all those.
0: And that and that's the thing too. I mean, everyone's influence. It's about putting different influences together in a way that no one has before, and through the your own prism yeah. of your own life experiences. You know, I f- I figure people that listen to that podcast at the very least are going to just see the name "Creeping Death" and be like, "Well, I want to know what that sounds like." <laughs> you know, so yeah,
2: that's the that's the hope. That's the hope.
0: Hell yeah, and it's cool because they're enough of a legacy band, and it's been long enough. It's not like you know, a band named after a bring me the horizon song or something <laughs> you know, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah it's one of the most important metal anthems of all time and it's just a cool phrase so
2: yeah I, I agree i was like man this is like a really cool i actually it's funny i didn't even someone that was not involved with the band actually picked the name uh they were like hey like you know because it's very popular within hardcore to name your band after a song or an album of a band you really like mm-hmm. so it was like oh like like why don't we just name it uh, after a Metallica song we just went through it, like, Creeping Death would be hard and we were like, yeah, that would be cool and then that was for the project that never really came to fruition and then we were thinking of names for this one and then we were like, why why don't we use the one we used what we were talking about for the last one uh, like our old drummer brought it up and I was like, yeah, that's cool Creeping Death is like a sick name and yeah. I love that song it's one of my favorite Metallica songs so
0: absolutely, a, a timeless Timeless tune. Well, cool. Well, dude, thanks so much, Trey. And um, yeah, don't be a stranger and uh look forward to talking to you again. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Trey Pemberton of Creeping Death. Stick around because I'm going to play you a creeping death song in full from their forthcoming debut album, Wretched Illusions. But first, I gotta remind you, please subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. And leave a five-star rating and a nice little review in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Because it really does help. That's why everyone and every podcast you listen to is constantly asking you to do so. Because the more five-star ratings and the more couple of sentences worth of reviews, the higher the visibility for the podcast, the more people are able to discover it. You know, algorithms and that sort of ominous, vaguely terrifying stuff. You can find Speak & Destroy on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryan Downey, on Instagram at SuperheroHQ. Check out previous episodes of Speak & Destroy with guests like M. Shadows of Avenged Sevenfold, Rob Flynn of Machine Head, Rob Halford of Judas Priest, Lizzie Hale of Hailstorm, Jamie Josta of Hatebreed, Gary Holt of Exodus and Slayer, and many, many more. Speak & Destroy is part of the Pop Curse Podcast Network. Now remember, you might want to adjust your volume. This is creeping death with bloodlust contamination. As always, you guys have been great, and I've been Ryan J. Downey. you <laughs>